very warm welcome to this beautiful interview series of experts. And today I'm especially delighted because it's the first of the series to welcome Dr. Shamila Anan, who is um, a very successful entrepreneur. She is a wonderful mom and she is an exceptional woman. So without further ado, I really would like to welcome Dr. Shamila very welcome. And I would like to invite you to talk about the topic health is wealth and how to tap into your power. And how do you manage uh, yourself, you know, tapping into your own health and tapping into your power while juggling with the multiple roles you have. So welcome, Dr. Shamila, and over to you. Thank you so much, Erica and Global Women for having me. It's such an honor and pleasure to be here with women across the globe and sharing my story. So uh, thank you. Very, very humble. Uh, like Erica said, I'm Dr. Sharmila Anand from India. I help universities make global connections. Apart from that, I'm also a speaker and author and mother to an amazing teenager. So. It's like every time I realize that I have to wear different caps as a woman and the last cap that I'm wearing is the cap of myself and my health. So um, I'm, I'm actually guilty of not taking care of myself because as a nice girl, as a nice daughter, as a nice uh, mother, as a nice entrepreneur, I've just been conditioned to put everyone else in front of me. And I'm sure that's the case I mean, what I'm seeing from women is that's the same story that you put everyone else in front of you and you just keep going, keep going and keep going. And then suddenly one day what happened was COVID hit. And for one year, I was very safe inside taking care of work and everything. And suddenly one day I uh, was diagnosed or so my daughter was diagnosed with COVID. And it was like, life pretty much came to a standstill there for me. I'm like, wow, I didn't factor not feeling well into the whole lot of things that I did. So somehow we worked on and I, you know, it really got her back to normal and her tests became normal. And that's when I realized that I had COVID as well. And my mom had COVID. So we had to get her admitted and I was pretty okay. So I was getting home quarantined and treated. But for two months, everything came to a standstill for me. Everything, pretty much. So I, I was consulting for universities. I was taking care of healthcare startups. Apart from that, my daughter is an entrepreneur as well. So I was helping her. And here, the lady who was running 24 seven I couldn't even get up from the bed. And that's when I realized, man, I've been taking my, my health so much for granted. So I had to take the medicines and a long story short, it took me almost two months to even recover out of the whole process and come out and you know start to work. But having said that, my mental health was at its lowest. It was, it was like I had pretty much given up on life and I'm like, I don't have energy to walk. I don't have energy to do stuff. How am I going to earn money? How am I going to take care of the family? So there's so much going on inside my head that I pretty much broke down one day. 
and so let me ask you let me ask you in here uh since since we are medical colleagues and uh, i think this is a very important point you are making um it is about not only physically being not well but also then the whole impact on anything else and i would want you to tell us was COVID like one of those major events or were there already uh, some other um, events or it's, it's just, you know, usually like the immune system is kind of stretched uh, because of the workload and other things. So I was wondering when you realized your family being sick, you yourself being sick, how, how did that actually change your your pattern of working and also to regain your strength again, because you're a very strong person. So if you say this has impacted you, that means really a lot. Over to you. That's very, very right, uh, Dr. Erika. I had goals for my business, my uh, relationships and uh, finances and all of that, but health was not really a priority for me at that mm -hmm. point. But after COVID, I had to consciously bring health up on my top priority because when health was not there, I realized I couldn't focus on anything else. So I actually had to bring uh, my mental health, my emotional health and my physical health into my goals so that I consciously started working on it and pretty much had to pull myself back up physically, emotionally, and mentally, it was quite the journey. I had to reach out and ask for help. Pretty much mm -hmm. that's what happened in the whole process. I had to take help from my daughter and my coaches and the community around of peers who every time I felt like giving up, uh, you included Dr. Erica, you were all there to make sure that I never gave up. So it was very important to have that supporting environment to help me uh, come out of that stress. And what was really interesting was when I came out of COVID and then I just thought that things were back to normal, there, there was a life happened and there was a very stressful event that happened in the family. And that actually caused my blood pressure to rise. It was like, what's happening to me? My health is going for a toss. I realized that I was under so much of stress that my blood pressure was up. And then I go mm -hmm. to the doctor and the doctor tells me, you need to start taking lifelong medicines. And that was like a huge wake up call for me. I'm like, I am not taking medicine. As an MD pharmacologist, I know the effects of the drugs on your body and how it will kind of pull me in and make me dependent. So I said, no. And I was putting my life back in order. So I started eating right. I started exercising. I did yoga and then meditation and on a, on a complete rehaul. And you won't believe it, in exactly one week's time, without any medication, I was able to get my BP back to normal. And I'm feeling a lot more healthy and um, alive is the mm -hmm. word. Excellent. Now, let me get back to you uh, when you were saying you actually had to reach out for help, because I think this is usually something which takes quite some time and some people never reach out for help. What would be the key messages from your experience to other women and other people who might be watching this video sometime later on? So the, the point here is as women, while 
we are there helping everyone else, we need to accept that we need help at certain times as well. And reaching out to friends and family actually gives them an opportunity to be there for us. Because uh, when my daughter was taking care of me when I was not well during COVID, it was the both, I mean, one side I was not well, but I was actually enjoying being taken care of by my daughter because I, I saw how beautifully she had grown up into a, into a fine young lady. And I could see that I was giving her a chance to express her love for me. And I was feeling so wanted and cared for and cherished that it actually helped me recover faster. So that was a very, very beautiful moment. And at the same time, I'm just blessed to have mentors across the world. That relationship between the mentor and the mentee is so beautiful that my mentor reached out to me and said, I think it's enough of you sitting on your rear end. Now get up and move. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I needed you- that whack there to get me <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, oh poor me so sad and all of that to get up in running mode it's, it's been a journey frankly I can imagine <laughs> now how, how do you actually maintain the routine because it's one thing to kind of have this awakening and then you do it for some time but really making it a, a daily practice uh, probably is the challenge how, um, what, what, what's your advice on that okay here too I, I don't know sometimes the like even you asked me, everyone asked me, who's the mother here, you or your daughter? I, I saw that fear in my daughter's eyes and I could see when I was not well, how it had hurt her. And that was the day I, was, I realized that what I'm doing is not right. You know, not taking care of me was hurting my daughter more than what I realized. So... Um, from then on, since it was not just me and I felt that, that sense of the mother coming back again, I mean, being, becoming the mother has been the best thing that happened to me in my life. So when I saw that, I I decided I'm not going to put this girl through this sort of pain again. So getting up in the morning or doing that exercise or having fruits and making it more plant-based no longer seemed a challenge. It just, it was like that was the right thing to do. If I had to take care of myself and mm-hmm. give me the self-love, that's when I'd be able to be the mom that I want to be or the consultant or the coach or the speaker or whatever it is. If I'm not able to love myself enough, then there's no love left to give to anyone else. So that's exactly. how the whole thing happened. It's, it's not all that difficult. Frankly, I'm, I'm beginning to enjoy that lighter person I've lost weight and my skin has become a little bit better <laughs> so works is what I'd say doctor yeah you glow from inside out and that's the beauty and I think one needs to d- decide whether you know one is worth it it's really about the self-love the self-care you're talking about and particularly women, we have this kind of image in society, which we are supposed to be following. We just had a talk about that one before. So what, what is your impression on that? And what would be your takeaway, the key messages we can pass on to other ladies at all generations? <laughs> you know, somewhere, I think we all come with this pre 
predetermined job description or the community's expectations from you as a girl. This is how you need to look. This is how you need to behave. This is how you need to take care of yourself, take care of your family and all of that. And somewhere since the time I was a young girl, I decided not to fit into the box and decided to stand out. So if you see in my picture, I used to have this really short haircut. That was me rebelling, saying my hair, my body, I decide what I want to do. And it was also my way of keeping people away from me. As a single mom, I, my focus was on my business and taking care of my daughter. And somewhere in my mind, I wanted to put up that, you know, I'm strong, don't even come next to me front so that I keep away people and uh, maintain that uh, masculine uh, energy so that, you know, I scare people off. But then as time passed by through personal development and learning and all of that, and of course, the constant mentoring from my daughter, I had to accept the femininity inside me. So this is a choice. Wanting to look good, wanting to uh, be nice and feminine is a choice that each one needs to make. And it's not something that from outside it needs to be forced on. So I, I, do, I don't subscribe to that. But today I feel like dressing up and I want to dress up. And tomorrow if I want to be in my pajamas, then I, I'm free to do that. So I think it's each one's choice. And start owning yourself is what I'd say uh, and I'm I love that. I, I love that owning yourself because it gives you the responsibility, but also the opportunity to really say what, what you want and go for it, isn't it? True. Yeah. So what other topics, particularly when it comes to business, because you are such a uh, successful entrepreneur and you really help universities to go global, which is a big task. Um, now it is even more so needed. What are the key messages from your end in terms of how to balance the workload? Because you are very busy, you know, and it's easy to kind of be really busy and then lose this uh, self-established routine again. So how do you, how do you manage that? I want to share a small story from my life. Is that okay? okay. Absolutely. Please. Okay. So I was married when I was in med school itself. And by the time I finished med school, I was pregnant. And so I had to discontinue education and sit down at home and take care of my daughter for almost uh, two years. By the time I, I kind of drove myself and everyone around me crazy because I just couldn't do it. I, I was a good student in college and I really wanted to study and continue my education. So I just applied to one of the leading colleges in India and I got my MPhil in hospital administration. And then as the academic bug had caught up on me, I applied to the US to get my MBA in healthcare and I got selected at the University of Colorado, Denver, which meant I had to leave my three-year-old daughter behind and go to the US. And it broke hell loose at home and everyone was like, you're a mother, you can't go, you need to take care of family and all of that. And only my three-year-old told me then, you go, mama, I will take care of myself. Oh. <laughs> so I wow. went there. The only thing that I did in the US while apart from studying was to stay connected with my daughter. And uh, the reason I'm sharing the story is I graduated as the outstanding student in that university. I, I 
I mean, when I left my daughter here, I really wanted to go there and uh, pretty much prove myself. But when I did that, my daughter was watching me graduate from India via tele, uh, uh, you know, th through the web. And when I came down, she told me, Mama, I want to be like you one day. That was a huge moment, mm -hmm. huge, huge moment where I realized that children don't necessarily obey you, but they follow your steps. Exactly. And that's how we started working on our relationship and everything. So every time I get to a point where I don't feel like staying in the routine or become busy or whatever, that thought comes back to me saying, Mama, I want to be like you one day. And would I want my daughter to be doing what I'm doing, not taking care of myself, not eating right, and stuff like that? The clear answer is no. So if I expect something from my daughter, it's very important that I follow that and show the way. So that's how I've been able to self-regulate myself and go forward. Mm -hmm. And if, if that helps. <laughs> Absolutely. No, this is wonderful. It's a beautiful story because it really shows how children actually absorb anything, including what you preach, you got to do. Otherwise, you know, <laughs> it's being taken a little bit different. So absolutely agree with you. In terms of how do you manage your, your busy working schedule? So making sure in terms of uh, how to uh, delegate and all these kind of things, because usually as women, we are more like, oh, I do everything myself. So how do you manage that? That's a very nice question. I, I used to work about 16 to 18 hours a day. So from the US, I'd come back to India. I was taking care of a teaching hospital and I was working 16 plus hours. And that time, the relationship that I shared with my daughter became very bad. So we were having constant fights and all of that. And then uh, it got to a point that her academic performances were drip, dipping. And my family circumstances were very difficult and challenging at the same time. So I was again at a point of uh, crash down. So I had a chance to crash down and say, okay, fine, or work on it and become the better version of myself. So we started working on it and I consciously started spending that me time and spending that time with my daughter. So I, I just started managing my time properly and I started working with a lot of partners when I say partners instead of um, us doing everything I find the right partner so I it's like okay let me give you an example let's say there's a pie you can cut the pie and you can take a piece or when you start working with partners you expand the pie and you get a larger chunk of the piece so in that little time that I had I was able to find the right partner. So we started working in tandem and expanding the pie. So I was not necessarily just doing hard work. I was doing smart work. Excellent. Yeah. Now the smartness, of course, pays back and um, pays forward as well because you are an excellent example for your daughter. What are other areas in life you, which are really important to you where you say it's all interconnected? My profession is definitely helping a lot 
I mean, working in the global healthcare field, trying to bring more people into healthcare, getting universities connected. So there's a lot of knowledge exchange happening. But at the core of it, if you really see, I'm very passionate about developing young leaders for our world. And that's why, uh, and it started off at home. When all of this happened, I had to make sure that my young leader at home was being developed as well. So the more and more time we were spending together and learning together, unlearning a lot of stuff, we finally ended up writing the book called I Misunderstood, where parents and teens can start working on their relationship really well. And I see for every child to become the best version of themselves, they need two people in their life. One is the parent and second is the teacher. So through parenting, we work with the parents and help them understand their children and help them become leaders. At the same time, I work with colleges and the teachers and help them make their students into global citizens. So these two areas essentially has pretty much become my life's mission, Dr. Erika, to help children become the best versions of themselves. Because before we know it, these young children are going to be the future leaders of our country and it's very important that we empower them. Exactly, yeah, no, absolutely agree. And you said it really beautifully in the sense of, it's not just listening, but really uh, uh, encouraging them to think for themselves and to, to identify, as way, uh, identify ways which we haven't been able to think yet. Excellent, this is great. Then you look forward um, in the context of education. And to me, it's really incredibly valuable how you promote education, how you make sure that everybody has access to education, and how you also are very keen to ensure that the quality of education is given and you know, excellency strive for. Where do you see education go in the future, starting from now? I think it's going to be classroom without borders or boundaries, Dr. Erika. And it, education can never stop with college or getting a degree. To me, education is something that's continuing and lifelong. And it's not just about learning. It's also about sharing and giving and making the world a better place. Like Right now, I'm working with Africa and uh, India and connecting them so both countries are able to exchange the knowledge and find, you know, bring in global solutions for local problems. It's a very beautiful place. And also what I see is gone are the days of competition, you know, where you say who's better, who's this, who's that. I mean, be, you be whoever you want to be. But when you collaborate, you're going to make the world a better place. You're going to bring in so much. And that's the beauty of education. It's, it's apart from age. It's apart from caste, creed, religion. I mean, there's just no stopping to education. There's no stopping to healthcare. And when we learn to collaborate, it's just so many people get impacted by that. It's just a Beautiful. I mean, I, I can keep going on and probably seeing the craziness that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> but it's just so beautiful, the possibilities that we can create for someone who we would never see in our life. I mean, I don't ever think I'm going to see a child sitting in Africa getting the best of healthcare and the best of education. 
given to them by some child sitting somewhere in india giving them that healthcare or austria giving them that healthcare so this there's so much that can happen just like you and i seem to be sisters from different mothers why not create that unity and build peace for our uh, world Fully agree. I think this is the future. You also mentioned uh, a very important component in terms of personal development. Uh, are there particular skills you think are really needed for the future? And what's the best approach to actually acquire those skills and treaties? The number one skill I think that anyone should have is the skill of public speaking, frankly. Mm-hmm. because there's so much that we want to say but we hold it back inside for fear of being judged mm-hmm. it's the number one fear and the second to death actually <laughs> yes <laughs> it's this unbelievable when we give that skill to our children they start expressing themselves so much that they never look at what's not possible they look at what is possible and they look at the solutions for every problem in fact me and my daughter we were able to skill about 10000 children with public speaking and it's just amazing and we did that as a joke as 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 something that simply we started off sitting at home inside you know because of the quarantine and we just gave that one skill to children and Dr Erika I was touched when these children spoke about such important topics that blew my mind off just giving them the skill of speech the the access to education the access to healthcare can change the lives of these children so much that it it will surprise us the impact that we'd be able to create Absolutely and the amount of children benefiting from this beautiful skill is of course also tremendous. Now you are a renowned author and I love the title so I would like you to really share the story behind uh your beautiful book and how you actually came about to to write it please. <laughs> That's wow thank you thank you. Like I said because I was working so much my daughter and I our relationship was uh, very rocky and uh, she was entering teenage years and everyone was telling me oh teenage years are going to be the most disappointing years for you i don't know how you're going to manage and stuff like that and and here one side being a single mom was very difficult the other side having a teenage daughter was equally difficult and somewhere either i could battle it all myself or uh, turn and ask for help so I sat my daughter down we discussed about the whole thing and I actually asked her for help I said hey I definitely need you in this journey with me and we started working on our relationship working on personal development uh, starting a company together and from being that um, you know toxic relationship it turned into the most beautiful relationship and it got to a point it helped both of us heal and become really most healing moment for both of us so we we became the better versions of ourselves i mean i grew in my business she became better in academics and all of that and then we realized well we have such a nice gift with us why not share it with the world so when we understood that then we we came up with this uh, title which said i misunderstood so 
it our relationship went from uh, i misunderstood relationship to uh, i and miss understood relationship by just exactly. adding that one s there we changed the meaning around it's it's that simple <clears throat> yeah well it is simple once you know but until you get there i think it's quite a journey <laughs> absolutely and that's why we call our book the 21st century guide for parents and teens to make a lovely relationship <laughs> they are there it's, it's filled with tips and tricks and all funny stories it's just both perspectives like if i were to give you a small uh, example i mean okay for back now this is the size awesome. of parent see the parent yes. a rooster and all of this and hello i mean orange and this is the side that the parent sees beautiful but what parent doesn't realize that this is the side that the child is seeing there is no rooster there that's that's very insightful so, yeah unless as a parent we take the humble route to go and see what is it that they are seeing and we have the humility to show them that this is the side that i am seeing there is no way each one is going to understand one another but if they are able to understand that there could be a different perspective it completely changes the relationship and that that's actually an aha moment right there saying wow so that is what you're going through or oh, this is what you're seeing this is the reason i'm telling you this can we come up with a side where both of us are able to see each other's point of view and come to a solution it's all about so communication then, now this uh, and and you just mentioned the point it's all about communication so how do you actually really encourage people not just to be ready to respond whatever to the they hear to but really listen in an active way and say okay i see now and and summarize you know what what has been understood how how did you practice with your daughter so we've spoken about it in our book and it's called have hot conversations with your child when i say hot conversations it's honest and open talk when you're able to be honest be present and talk to them about what is it that you're going through or what is it that you're expecting from them and have it as a discussion not as an instruction as parents we believe we are right always and they are wrong always and the children shut down from us but if you can get on the same plane have a conversation with one another this is why i'm saying this and this is the reason behind it or this is what is happening my end and this is why i want this when you have this discussion on the table you'd be surprised sometimes how intellectual or what innocence there is there inside the child to ask you for something and when you say no how it hurts the child that's a burden that they carry life long but if they understand the why behind your no mm -hmm. makes the journey that much more simple so i'm not saying it's going to be easy it's definitely a roller coaster ride but you can enjoy the ride together it awesome. doesn't have to be scary now in this sense what i understand from you it's not just about communication but really taking the time to sit together and to be able to listen to each other and have discussions and conversations as you say what other skill is critically important in your opinion 
you know, somewhere as parents, we have this one syndrome called the perfectionist syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so as parents, we want everything right, everything perfect. We want this and we are, we, it's like we can, we can just pretty much wear the glass and look at what is not right in the child and point it out. But then if you really go and ask your parents that they'd have some hundred things against you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my mentor, Mr. Blair Singer once, I mean, I was, I was that hyper mom. I'll tell you, it's not like I'm just bringing it out of nowhere. It was like, I was that person. I'm guilty of that. I, I wanted everything perfect. And I just went there and at this one of these personal development programs with my mentor, Mr. Blair, I was like, I'm just not a perfect mom. There's, there's so many things that's not going right. And hysteric there and crying and all of that. And then Blair looks at me and says, just get one point clear. You're never going to be a perfect mom. And your daughter is never going to be perfect. And that's the perfection of your relationship. When you accept her as what she is and you accept you as who you are, you can start working out the differences and become a better version of yourself. I mean, I, I think I've just had aha moments all my life. <laughs> that's what is happening. <laughs> But the point here is when we let go of that perfectionist syndrome and accept children and start looking at all that is good in them, you'd be surprised how much more you would start enjoying your child. It's like, can we be grateful for the child that we have? Because there's so many people in the world who don't have the gift of having a child, being a parent. So that one moment can actually change things around and uh, make your relationship really beautiful with your child. I, I agree with you. And I think you just beautifully described how challenging and at the same time, how rewarding it is to really accept and, and move forward and develop. Now, the other question I have is, how do you stop comparing yourself with others? Because it's usually the comparison which makes this kind of, oh, this is not perfect and this is wrong. And uh, how did you find a way to actually overcome that? Well, that's the second syndrome. Just like the perfectionist syndrome is there. This is the comparisonitis that we have. Like my <laughs> mentor says, we always have to compare with someone. And the best part is that comparison is never going to be enough because everyone else in the world is taken. So you can't be anyone else. The only one person that you can be is yourself. The minute you realize that you are the one unique person in this world with your beauty, with your imperfections, with everything, you're just human. The minute we accept that humanity within us and start seeing, it's, it's a practice, Dr. Erika. It's, it's not like it happens overnight. My last six months goal one of it has been self-love. I actually am having self-love as a goal for six months to change my mindset and turn it into a positive mindset, accepting that it's okay for me to sit down and have a cup of coffee, not doing anything else, or taking a Sunday off. These have been practices that I had to put into place so that I live and allow others to live as well. 
Excellent. That's so beautifully said. Now, I think you mentioned just a very important point. There is no, there's nothing called the overnight success, right? So it really requires like a continuous and constant work on the things you're striving for. Let's just kind of complete the cycle. So when you look at the whole journey and you look at health is wealth and how to tap into your power, what would be the, the three to five kind of key things for you to really say health is wealth and you know this is something you, you uh, people should be taking good care of themselves? Health is something that you can let it go to the rock bottom and bring it up. When you do that, the medical expenses are going to be phenomenally high. The mental health is going to go for a toss and emotional health is going to get wacky. And I, I had to learn it the hard way, but all that you really need to do is just make some small tweaks in your day-to-day -day routine, like taking five minutes to just meditate, five minutes to write a gratitude or five minutes to have the right kind of food, five minutes to just drink water, five minutes to breathe, five minutes to just go out in the nature. I mean, if you can't take about 30 minutes for yourself, even a car needs that service to keep running, fuel to keep going. As a human, you need that as well, is what I would say. And in half an hour's time, if you can actually add years of positive mental health, positive physical health and positive emotional health. The world needs you and you're the only one who can take care of your health. It's your responsibility because putting it on parents or putting it on children is not fair to them. It was not fair. I mean, I, I felt absolutely terrible when I saw the tears in my daughter's eyes when I was not well. So uh, I don't think that's right to them. And it's not right to you also. I think you deserve a better life. So taking care of your health is definitely a responsibility. And when you're there for everyone else for 23.5 hours, you can be there for yourself for that 0.5 hours and take care of yourself. Yes, that's the minimum 0.5 <laughs> hours. <laughs> and once you start enjoying your company, no one can take that away from you. I mean, I, today, it started off with five, five minutes for me, Dr. Erika. Now it's like I have to have minimum one hour or two hours for myself. Everyone else can wait. Excellent. And in terms of the mentorship you were mentioning, how do you advise people to go about this? You know, like I said, like my mentor said, enough of sitting on your rear end, now get up and walk. If each one of you have at least one person who can call it out on your face and tell you, you are more than what you are pretending to be, then I think that's one hand you definitely need to hold on and never let go. Because even the best players, you take any Olympic player, you take, and for the country that I come from, we have Sachin Tendulkar who goes on and scores hundreds in cricket. But he still has a coach who makes sure that he's at his perfect form. So we all, I mean, sometimes having that one person who you're accountable to, and it's not just that one person. When you go there, you also get into a mastermind where you have other people who are pretty much similar to you going through the same challenges. And that makes you grounded and makes you realize that you're not the only one who's going through challenges. Now it's okay. 
I remember one of my mentors used to say, suck it up, princess, and move. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Suck it up, princess, and move. Exactly. But, you know, sometimes we need that. I, it's time we move from the oh me, poor little low victim mode to I'm meant to change the world. I can't afford to sit down and feel sorry for myself. So you need someone who can tell you that, someone who you can trust. And having that mm. one person has definitely, definitely been the greatest blessing in my life, uh, Dr. Erika. Beautiful. I really, really enjoy uh, the conversation we have. Is there like one last sentence or one last phrase you would like to share with us before we close the session? Absolutely. So thank you so much for having me. It's been an awesome pleasure. And as always, I enjoy our conversations. It just feels like we are all on the same boat. We all go through similar challenges. It just intensity varies, but it's your journey and you're here in this world with a purpose. So taking care of yourself is very, very important. Loving yourself is very, very important. And if no one else told you that already, let me tell you, I love you so much. And it's time you start loving yourself because the world needs you. You're awesome. You are really awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Shamila. I really appreciate your presence. I appreciate your advice also sharing from a very humble and uh, sharing just the way it is. It's, it's a roller coaster sometimes, but it's worth the ride. And with that, I thank you very much. I close the session. My name is Dr. Erica Wickwell. This is an interview series of experts on the topic of tap into your power. And the overall theme is health is wealth. And with that, I thank you very much.